All right, yo, what's up, family? Welcome back to the Just Different Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. So look, I'm extremely excited for today's episode. We're getting into a conversation on flirting with sin, the dangers of this, and ultimately what it looks like to overcome it. A lot of times we want God to elevate us or give us access to our next level, but our lifestyles are not giving him a reason to provide that to us. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves is, can God trust you with what he has for you? Will we stay committed to God when the next levels come? Or will we try to hold on to our purpose while still having our hand in sin? And so look, we dive into all of this and much more in terms of what it means to live a life set apart for God and how to remain committed to him and not entertain our flesh. But before we get into the episode, I want to get into a word from today's sponsor, designed by Israel Perez. If you are a creative entrepreneur or anyone looking for a logo, graphic or design, Israel Perez offers services for a variety of your illustrative needs which also includes video editing and animation. We have worked with them in the past on some cover art and merch that y'all have absolutely loved and ate up. So if you're looking for a high quality work for whatever your endeavor may be, visit IsraelPerez.design. That is IsraelPerez.design. You can find that and more information in our description. He's excellent. We've enjoyed working with him and he is top tier. So with all that being said, now for episode 143, Flirting with Sin. All right, so this conversation today was largely inspired by a message me and Jordan both heard not too long ago. This is when we were on the road and we were visiting different conferences. But the overall like idea and theme or point was that you cannot flirt with sin and say you are devoted, committed, or living for God. And a lot of times like we can be asking God for more, but our lifestyles have not given him a reason to provide that to us. And the reason that we can't like go to the next level, we can't elevate or God's not giving us like that next portion of our platform, our purpose, or what he has for us is because God knows we won't stay committed to him once we get there. So I think the question that we kind of have to ask ourselves and get to is, can God trust you with what he has for you because ultimately what we were hearing in the message, he was saying that sometimes we can be attempting to try to hold the weight of our purpose and our assignment while we're still walking toward the edge of sin. And what we're trying to do is see how close we can get to the edge of sin while still holding on to the purpose assignment or directive that he's given us. But of course, What we'll try to do is like, imagine if you have weights on your shoulders, you're trying to hold those up, but still trying to grab on to the sin and the desires of your flesh and the instant gratification that's right in front of you. Uh And so God can't give it to us because he knows if he gives it to you, you're going to fall off the edge. And so that's why we see sometimes within the church or in the world at large, we'll see leaders who have great gifts and talents and abilities that will see fall into these particular like moments or scandals and whatnot. And it's because they were trying to hold on to purpose while still walking toward the edge Mm -hmm. of sin. I think sometimes like we can also get in this mindset in our own lives of just kind of like flirting with sin because since we don't see the immediate consequence like of our sin that may be in secret that other people don't see or know, 
we are deceived to believe that it's okay. Right. right. And just because we still hold the same position of success doesn't mean that we're in right standing with God. Right. So behind mm-hmm. behind the closed doors, whenever we're by ourselves, our own addictions, our habits, um, are things we know that are disrupting our intimacy with God, since it's not affecting our gift, right? The open doors that are coming, the open doors that are coming, the relationships right. that we're able to have, the elevation in our life, we have this misconception that we're still doing something right. But it's because the success looks good on the outside from the world standard or their barometer doesn't mean that we're still in right standing with God. Right. We've mentioned this once before, but just because God is using you doesn't mean that he's pleased with you. Mm. Um, and something else that I have put down is the fact that it's so deceptive because, you know, the closer you get to an edge, the more clear the image of what you're looking for, looking at becomes. Mm. So it's like, all right, like I, I'm holding weight on my purpose. And as I'm taking these steps toward the edge of sin, trying to see how close I can get, whatever I'm looking at that's in the distance appears to become closer to close, the closer that I'm getting to this edge. Right. But <clears throat> it also means leads to a fall that, you know, I don't I don't even see coming. But that's the deceptive part because nothing's changing in the reality of what I'm seeing although I'm struggling behind closed doors. Exactly, exactly. And so I thought that was powerful, and I wanted to start there. There was also a few verses in First John that I was reading that I wanted to bring here that was just talking about this idea of um, living um, in sin and how, of course, that can't coincide with our profession to be of God or like following him. So these are birthed in, both in First John 3, and in verse 6 it says, No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues Mm -hmm. to sin has either seen him or known him. And in verse eight, it also speaks to the fact that no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of Mm -hmm. God. So, yeah, stop flirting with sin. Stop flirting with sin. I like how you touched on aspect of this conversation, I I think, is, is... failing to recognize the weight of it which is something i've said before is like you you don't label something for what it is but by the product of it right i've mentioned it before like you look at eight times eight you're gonna say that why do i almost forget what that was you're gonna say that's 64 right you're not gonna say that's eight times eight so when you look at romans 6 23 and talks about how the wages of sin is death it's like sin is death right and it's like you have to get to the point, which is something I've been really thinking. You have to get to the point where you understand the weight of that. It's like you're flirting with death. Like this isn't mm. just something innocent or this ain't just like, oh, man, this is just something I've been struggling with, bro. Like I'm going to get over it. Like, no, bro, you're flirting with death. It is not something to be taken lightly at all. I think so many of us have gotten to the point where I guess we've we've become so used to it and, and it's become such a like natural part of our lives that that death has become normalized right like the sin has become normalized but like i I wanted to bring up that verse and make you guys understand the way like no it's it's serious right this isn't something that's just your your normal run-of-the-mill stuff that you you should just be like overlooking you know point we've just become so desensitized yeah to it and that definitely changes how we're engaging in For what sure. it is that we're we're struggling with. It makes all the difference. 
because when we talk about death, mm. right, like sometimes we, we understand the eternal consequence, but not what it's bringing to mm-hmm. us while we're here mm-hmm. on earth. Right. Right. So when we, the wages of sin are death, that it can be the death of our peace. Mm. Um, that can be death of our purpose, um, our assignment, right. our character, our souls, relationships. Mm. Um, these things, this death affects our every day, exactly. right? Not just what happens down the line at an eternity. Exactly. 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 So, I, I'm not going to read all of Romans six, but I'm going to jump around and read a couple of verses. But I've been reading in Romans and Romans six is one of those chapters I've added to like the list of chapters I want to read like every day if I can make that happen. But it's really talking about this whole entire topic of sin. Right. And I think what happens when we flirt with sin, it's like we're we're wasting what Jesus did for us when he died on that cross and resurrected from the grave. Right. So I'm going to read Romans 6, verse 6, right? So it says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, right? And then in verse 13, it says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under under law, but you are under grace. Right. And in another version, verse 14 says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. So it's like you also have to look at it like that is recognizing it's not even anything that you have to do. It's just accepting what's already been done for you. So like when Jesus died on the cross and resurrected from the grave, he gave you power over sin which is something that we've talked about but recognizing it's like you were you were crucified with him right and you were right and you were you share in his resurrection as well so it talks about like i said in verse six like he did it so that sin might be done away with the body ruled by sin might be done away with and something i've really been thinking on is like yo anytime that i'm flirting with like i'm flirting with the thing that he came to save me from you know what i mean and it's like it's sort of like um um i'm putting him back on the cross and i'm like putting him back in the grave after he already resurrected from it not in a literal sense right because it also talks about how he died once and for all but if you don't recognize that for yourself you're wasting that gift it's like you have a present in the corner and it's just, it's just sitting there and you're, you're not opening it up um so that's also something that you need to recognize is that this is something that you that God has already done for you. And then also in Romans 13, right? Chapters later, verse 14, and mentioned something I thought was really good. So it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof, right? So we talked about in Romans 6, it speaks about how the body ruled by flesh has been done away with. That's something that Jesus dying on the cross and resurrecting from the grave did for us. And then it goes on to say, make no provision for the flesh. When I think provision, like I think about like food, like, but I think what we're doing when we're flirting with sin is like, we're kind of giving breadcrumbs to the flesh and we're, and we're feeding a dead thing. And it's like, we're, we're trying to like, we're sort of bringing it back to life and reviving something that's already dead. And it's like, what, what's the point? Like, what are you doing? You know? Um, so I really like how it says that in Romans 13, 14, like make no provision 
for the flesh. Like that's really all you have to do. It's already dead. You just have to make sure you're not feeding it. But that's what you're doing when you're flirting with it and you're messing around with it and you're trying to like get as close to it. It's like you're you're feeding it a little bit more and it's getting stronger. So I think that's something else you have to you have to keep in mind. It's something that's already been done for you. Yeah, I just saw something recently. It was a post, I believe, and it was just someone speaking to the fact that they've had to come into their relationship with God, understanding that any time that they are in cycles of sin, it's because of something that they've yet to fully understand or acknowledge about the grace of God, the authority that they have, or the power that they've been given Mm -hmm. over sin, and they've yet to acknowledge or find what the root of their behavior is. So I think that sometimes when we are dealing with sin, we can just accept it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And it can be discouraging because I'm like, yo, how am I struggling with the same things and or um, find myself in this position time and time again? And you can almost, again, like be in a um, mindset of defeat, but we just have to realize that there's something we've yet to understand or tap into that we already have access to, to your point, as it talks about in Romans 6. Um, And then understanding that, it's like, okay, then getting deeper and peeling back the layers of, okay, like, what is the root of this and why do I continue to find myself in this particular position? So our sin isn't anything that we have to settle for. And again, sometimes we can be dealing with this particular like giant or monster of Mm -hmm. temptation or um, addiction and or cycle because to your point, like we were giving breadcrumbs to something Mm -hmm. that was dead. Um, And so we have to go back to the point of like, why did I feel the need to feed this in the first place? Right. Um, And that's where we can really start to like break a lot of that down. But I think this conversation is so important to me and why it stuck out to me whenever I was hearing it for the first time is because this directly affects how we engage with God, but also how we're engaging with our assignment and our purpose and what God can trust us with, right? Because it's not that we have to do the, be righteous and or, do anything to get into heaven that's like by the grace of God through our confession um, and belief in him, Mm. but it does affect what we can have access to while we're here on earth. And so what I put down is I think this is why holiness is so important and holiness essentially really being the commitment to mirror the likeness, character and image Mm. of Jesus Mm. and removing ourselves from anything unlike him. And that could disrupt the intimacy that we have with him. AKA sin, right? And so sometimes we can get in modes where we only think the purpose of avoiding sin is to get to heaven, right? But you flee from sin so God can use you to your full capacity on earth. Right. So yes, it's it's when we when we are moving away from sin, it's to be more like Christ, to be closer to him and to mm-hmm. full, see the fullness of who he is and the intimacy intimacy that we can have, but it also opens ourselves up to be used by him fully exactly that he couldn't do otherwise if we were flirting with the thing that he's been trying to get out of us because i think the question we have to ask is 
how can God get light through someone who only settles for dark places? Mm-hmm. So we have to think about like the, the 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 secret to the power of Jesus was, of course, that he was, you know, fully God, right. and fully man, but he was a pure vessel, one who was tempted in every way, yet did not sin. Right. And it's extremely difficult to use a vessel that's contaminated. Very. And so the 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 larger point of this is like yo like I, I god wants to work on your character work on your soul work on your habits and your disciplines so he can trust you with the platform right that he 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 can use you and know that okay like you're not going to mismanage what i've given you or what i have for you you right. know what i mean like as a vessel he wants us to be completely pure because he can't be a he can't be associated with Mm -mm. sin Mm -mm. not necessarily for his reputation because he is literally holy he cannot be it he can't he can't be right and so we have to be completely pure for him to use us and pure not being perfect as if we're gonna not make mistakes fall short anything like that but being a complete uh, submission and continuous cycle of seeking him repenting um and repenting and wanting to be in right standing yeah i you said something really good about hmm well essentially this idea that getting rid of your sin wasn't the objective it's just more of a step to get to the objective and i think i kind of want to speak to that a little bit because i think that's something that's very important to this conversation and you know you were talking about obviously it's it's important so that we can be used by god so that we can be close with him but I think that is the mindset that people are missing, right? I think we've sort of been subconsciously taught that it it is about sin, right? And that that is the objective. It's, it's about, you know, staying away from bad things and doing good things. Like that's really the crux of it for, for many of us. But it's recognizing, like I said, the objective has always been proximity with God. You know what I mean? Like he, So essentially, not to cut you off, but it's just coming back to me, the fact that you avoid sin so you can fill yourself with god right you can't have both exactly so it's a means to an end Mm. right for us to be more like christ to be close to him because the more we're away from that the more the more sins out of our hand the more we can be filled with them exactly exactly and i think it's an important mindset to you know take hold of and to remember because i mean if you recognize it's about filling myself with God, if I recognize it's about being closer with him, I'm going to get as close to him as I can. If it's about not sinning, I'm going to get as close as I can to that without doing it, if that makes sense. So it's like, that's why this is an important um, mindset shift because it's always been about being used by God and knowing him, right? Not about just simply staying away from sin. That That's the step that gets you to the objective, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and, and I was, you were speaking about something that reminded me of something my girl was telling me about that I thought was really good. And she was saying like, if, cause she was talking about like her, her apartment, right? She was like, if Jesus said he was coming to my apartment, right. And I had time to prepare, like I would make sure it was spotless. Like I would make sure like it was clean. You ain't going to see no speck of dust anywhere in the spot if Jesus is walking in here. And then she like posed a question, like, why don't. I feel the same way or why don't you feel the same way about your temple? Like your, your, 
you yourself as the temple because we have to understand like you were saying like we are also god's dwelling place right and he wants to use us in that way right as vessels i think that's specifically where it's used as vessels um that's something i was thinking about i was thinking about how um we are like the tabernacle of the new testament because i've been in exodus and i've been reading about the tabernacle and that was the place where god dwelt right like Anytime the Israelites moved, they took the tabernacle with them, with them, and that was the place where God's presence sat right here on earth. That was the place. And when we shifted into the the new covenant, right, um, in the death of Jesus and His resurrection, it's like we we became the tabernacle. We we became the dwelling place, the place where God's presence came to sit. But you have to understand there's there's a certain level of consecration that has to go into that. Right. And you have to understand the weight of, you know, being God's temple and the importance of that. So <clears throat> as a parallel, I was looking at, um, well, really in 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 Exodus and Leviticus, it, it goes on for like chapters and chapters about the requirements for the tabernacle. And to me, that just speaks to the importance of it. Like it, it was so down, specific down to like the feet of like where the altar was supposed to be from the entrance. Like it was so specific. And the reason why is because it was so important. And there's a specific um, verse I want to just one in Leviticus 8.10. It says, Moses then took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. Right. So he consecrated the priests that were going to be in the tabernacle. And he also anointed the tabernacle itself. So understanding like if if it was so important, if, if the dwelling place was so important in the Old Testament, it's still just as important, right, in the New Covenant, right? Us being the dwelling place and making sure that we're consecrated as well. So when she brought up that point, I was like, dang, that's fire. Like, because Jesus is coming into my house every single day. Not physically, but metaphorically. So it's like making sure that I'm consecrated, right? And I, I think I saw a TikTok and it was so simple. It was like, when I recognized, maybe it was Emmy that said it. She was like, when I recognized that I was God's dwelling place, I just wanted to make a good home for him. And I was like, dang. Mm. I was like, that's fire. <laughs> as far as, so that's important to understand too. Like when you recognize what it means to be his dwelling place, it's like, I can't be flirting with sin. It can't mix, right? The, the, the sin is the dust in the house. The sin is the trash on the floor. Like I got to pick that up and making sure this is a, this is a safe home for him. So uh, that's a, that's something I wanted to bring up too. No, that's important. And I think um, I spoke to holiness. You just mentioned consecration. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why. I think I remember someone, I mean, I may be leaving a comment asking a bit more on like what that like is. What it means. So yeah, what what does that mean? Like just specifically. So we're all on the same page and we and we know. So yeah, so consecration is essentially like setting yourself apart for God right? Like dedicating yourself to the Lord. That's what consecration is, which I guess, I guess holiness is, is very similar. Yeah. It's, yes. it's essentially the same thing, right? I guess holiness is the byproduct of consecration. Like as, as I'm dedicating myself to the Lord, like that is me becoming holy and ridding myself of anything that isn't him. So like, that's essentially like, you know, a deeper, you know, explanation of, you know, consecration and holiness. So yeah, it's just, um, essentially setting, ourselves apart and i believe this is so important because i just recently had a conversation just basically about how i'm able to keep myself humble Mm -hmm. in terms of our platform and as we continue to grow get a lot more opportunities um and open doors and one thing that i mentioned was 
I believe that at some point I was under the misconception that I had, I actually had anything to do with the success of the podcast and where I'm at and where, and and where everything is going. I'm not realizing that this is God's um, and I just said, yes, and I'm a vessel that he's using um, and he can take it um, as he pleases. And so I think I mentioned that because along the way of like this process of stepping mm-hmm. out and doing things for God, I got very much wrapped up in the gift and um, maybe the platform, the assignment. And I forgot to do the work on my soul. And I think sometimes, you know, we can, we can see people um, who have the spotlight that are, that are in front of the camera mm-hmm. um, and they look amazing in those particular capacities. But behind the curtain there was work that wasn't done on their character and i believe that we're in a generation that is very recognizes applauds and honors the gift that we see people operate in and use um and sometimes at the expense of us in our own lives making sure that our character Mm -hmm. is just as attended to right and important and actually the number one priority. It's about what did I do in the stable? Not necessarily what I'm doing on the stage. Is God pleased with me? Am I in right standing with him? Not just if I'm acceptable in front of people. Right. And sometimes those two can get blurred and one takes more of a priority than the other. But the foundation of it all is, yo, where is my heart at in relation to what God has told me? And am I looking more like him? Mm-hmm. And that's the barometer for the the success and what really matters and, and everything else falls in place after that. And we're able to get everything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that God has for us because he can, we can trust us and we can handle the weight of what is and, and not fall and or fall like get on an edge mm-hmm. essentially yeah i think one, one more thing i wanted to add is i think this perspective also has been really transforming me in such a good way but really what we talked about when we when we were speaking to like how like god chose us right like god chose me right and I think once once you recognize that God doesn't necessarily need you, right? He chose you and he wants you. And when you when you put it like that, you also subsequently understand that everything that he's telling you to do is not for his benefit, it's for yours. Like God wants us to worship him. God wants us to be consecrated towards him. God wants us to stop flirting with sin, not for his benefit, but for ours. Like everything that God does is genuinely because he loves us. And I think once I recognize that, once you recognize that, it's like, bro, like it's, it, it seems, um, Hmm. I don't know how to explain it. Like less like a, like a command, like, Oh, stop sinning. And it's more like, bro, like, out of genuine love, like I'm doing this for your benefit. Like I'm doing this because I know I formed you in your mother's womb. I know what's best for you. So even just pertaining to this conversation, like it's not flirting with sin, 
getting closer in proximity with God, like these are all things that are for your benefit. And God knows that. Cause I think sometimes maybe we have a perspective where it's like, you know, you know, you get like, Oh, like God needs me. Like this is for him. This is for him. Well, it's for you. <laughs> like you're worshiping him. Yes. For him, but also for you as well. Like it's for your benefit. It's the best thing that you could be doing. Um, so I don't know that that just came to my mind. I think that's, that's something that's helped me a lot. And then what what was the verse that you mentioned in Romans 13 earlier? Because yeah. I think the last thing I was thinking about is, you know, how do we remove ourselves from sin or right. temptation to continue to dip our toe or flirt or be in that proximity at all um, and make sure we're staying committed to God how do we like catch ourselves, um, pull ourselves back, rein it in, and mm-hmm. you know just continue to stay like in in, in that right position, um, and not like just completely be taken over by like our temptation or like a one off thought or a moment in our life where you know we think it's acceptable or like we can do it behind closed doors because everything else looks good on the outside and nothing is necessarily happening we're not seeing the consequence um yet god sees it all so something that my girl was talking to me about that that i think will will help in terms of just practically how do you stay away this is verse in romans 8 6 it says the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to god it does not submit to god's law nor can it do so, right? So your flesh, your, your, it's like your your flesh has desires, right? Your flesh has um, inclinations and your spirit has desires and your spirit has inclinations. You cannot change the desires of either or. You can only change which one your mind is governed by or which one your mind is set on, which I think is 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 a a good way to to break it down because I think some people sort of maybe put their focus on like changing the desire. It's not about changing the desire. You cannot do that. It's like changing your mind. It's either set and governed by the spirit or it's set on and governed by the flesh. So I think that's a good um, way to understand it. So when you put it like that, it's like, okay, making sure you're daily setting your mind on things like practically of the spirit, like, practical things like reading your word um watching content that's like i guess you know geared towards um the word things of the spirit so on so forth um so i think that's that's a perspective that i think is really good to have and on top of that recognizing like your flesh is dead we talked about the verse in romans 6 um and how the flesh is dead, that's, some, that's something that God has done for you, right? And the flesh is also your enemy. And it's like, why are you visiting your enemy in the graveyard? So it's like, and then, and, and, you know, with the analogy, it's like staying away from the graveyard, if that makes sense. Like, why, why are you visiting your enemy in the graveyard? So practically putting things in your life that are going to make it as difficult for you as possible to even go back to the sin that you're flirting with or the sin that you're um, constantly being drawn to. 
Um, so whether that looks like giving people your passwords for Instagram, if you're struggling with lust, um, like we talked about, and what was that episode like, bro, deleting the plugs number, like, you know what I mean? Like making it, putting boundaries in place and making it as difficult as possible for yourself to even go to the, you know, so-called graveyard metaphorically, metaphorically, but staying away from anything that would even be feeding your flesh in a practical sense. So I think that's, that's also another way that I look at it too. Then you mentioned just the fact that once I realized that I was God's dwelling place, I just wanted to make sure that he had a good home. (laughs) I think that sticks out to me and changes a lot when you understand the totality of who you are, the value you hold and how God wants to use you. And that he does live in you. We are the New Testament, or rather covenant tabernacle. Right. Um, and that holds weight and that's significant. And so we must act accordingly and then also realize that God wants so much more for us, but he can't want more for us than we want for ourselves. Mm. We understand he's a gentleman. And he's not going to force himself what he has for us or our purpose assignment, our next steps, unless we choose to come in agreement with it. And a part of that is consecrating ourselves to move away from sin and to fill ourselves with him, not just so we can be used, right? Because we want to please him and he desires to use us. And so that's, really the crux of this and why it is so important because there is so much to be unlocked but can he can god trust you with what he has for you right and he's going to continue to work on your character Mm. and purify you and do whatever is necessary to get you prepared for that next but we can kind of sometimes become stagnant or believe this is all that there is because we won't purify the vessel that he wants to use, that he wants to come in and use fully because we're flirting with sin. Right. Um, and again, like anything that he's called us to, when the call is to be holy as I am holy, um, that's an invitation. He's inviting us in. Like, that's the beautiful part of this. It, like Jordan was saying, it's from grace and love mm. um, and, and truth simultaneously all at once because I want you to be as close as possible to me because I love you. I know what's best for you. And the truth is there's so much more that I can do with you once you're this close. Like when you can hear me more, more mm. clearly, like when you're not involving yourself or flirting with dancing with the devil um, and and close to death Mm -hmm. um, that there's just so much more. So I thought that that was the highlight of it. Um, And and what I've been thinking about too, it's like, all right, um, I I put something on the story um, that I'll leave y'all with. And it, it was, it started with the question of, okay, can God trust you with what, he has for you Mm. right you know we always talk about the promise the dream the goal the accolades but maybe god is not taking you to the next level not because you're not equipped in terms of your skill 
maybe not even your character isn't in the right place, but because your heart isn't there yet. And God can't give you what he has for you because he knows your heart will leave him when you get there. Mm. Right. And so, you know, I think that plays into this as well. It's like, all right, it's the, it's the work of our soul. Um, and where that's at, um, that God wants to look at and be like, all right, like I can, I can move on this. Mm -hmm. And it's more beneficial for us all because if you keep going down the path that you are, like you're going to fall off the edge. So be holy. You know what I'm saying? Mark City went crazy. I remember when we went, I don't know why I'm thinking about the, that concert we went to in Atlanta. We saw Alexis there. Uh, I know what you're talking about. We pulled up. Oh, that was crazy, bro. That's so much holy, 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 holy. Hey. hey. Yes, and I don't know the rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But nah, y'all know what it is. It's always love. We starting off this new month the right way. Let's get to it, though. But stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. Much love.